Howdy there, folks. Welcome to the latest episode of the Finger Guns Podcast. My name is Roscoe. How are you doing? I am joined by Mr. Sean Davies. Hello. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm right. I was just struggling to find the, the unmute button then. I'm, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Very well, thank you. Had a very nice day here in the southwest, enjoying the sunshine. It's been lovely. Excellent. It has been sunny here too in Stoke, which is an absolute rarity. <laughs> we just don't see the sun very often. And there's lots of people walking around going, oh my God. I've got to pull my sofa into the front garden, get a crate of skull, <laughs> strap my dog to my belt, and enjoy the sun. That's what happens in Stoke. <laughs> uh, throwing pizza at each other. Yeah, if you walk down my street, there's just like seven different techno tracks going off from each front garden. Just dish, 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 dish. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, Sorry, Stoke. It's true, though. I'm sorry. There's, there's a lot of 90s in Taunton at the moment I was walking around. Oh, nice. There was lots of uh, blur in Oasis and... Yeah, the is indie pop life never really died here. I was going to say, is that because we haven't progressed past there in Taunton just yet? No, not really. <laughs> Wait until they find out about Lady Gaga. It's going to be great. Oh my God, it's going to be life-changing. And joining us for the very first time on the main podcast, it's only KB. Cat. Hello, how's it going? Good, how are you? Yeah, um, do you know what? I'm a lot better than I thought I would be. Okay. Um, because obviously yesterday was the last birthday in my 20s happy birthday um, to you thanks thanks <laughs> um and yeah so i was feeling pretty rough this morning um but i have a cup of ice with um some orange lucasade that i've just you know kind of wanting to iv into my veins today sure. um, <laughs> but yeah no i'm doing very well thanks good fantastic news um yeah it was a fun night on friday yeah very yes. uh in a very intimate um, setting, we yeah we celebrated Kat's birthday. That sounded weird. That wasn't meant to sound that weird. Okay, spoons is not that intimate. Yeah, weather spoons. <laughs> what I mean, there was there was a small number of people there. That's what I meant. Uh, let's move on. And finally, rounding us out this week for the first time ever on the Finger Guns podcast, it's a brand new finger gunner. It's only Miles Thompson. Hello. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Glad to hear everyone else is having a good time. And I disagree. I think spoons is a very intimate setting. Yeah, that's that's what I meant completely, totally. <laughs> How's your weekend been? Yeah, very good, thank you. I'm uh, actually playing Transistor for, well, the second time, but I never played it properly the first time, so it's been quite nice going back to an old game and uh, sifting through it, really. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah, I'm doing the same thing, but I'll talk about that uh, very shortly. We're going to kick off, as ever, with Game of the Week. So I'm going to start with Mr. Sean Davies. Sean Davies, your Game of the Week. So, my game of the week is called Let's Build a Zoo, which isn't out yet, but it's currently in its early beta. And we were uh, lucky enough to get three codes for the game um, because they're just giving them out like candy. So, this game is a game where you build a zoo. Uh, it's top-down, like a classic um, theme park-style game. And you basically get to make enclosures, bring in animals make paths, build shops, make it all look pretty, just like you would in any other zoo game. But there's a bit of a difference with Let's Build a Zoo because it's actually pretty twisted. It's It's got a morality system within there, and you can, you can do some pretty messed up things. So, for example, within the first couple of minutes, I'd um, rescued a pair of horses from a different zoo and put them up in an enclosure, and these rabbit, these these horses were getting along fine, but they weren't the most attractive of attractions. So a painter came to the zoo and said, "Hey, do you want to paint one of your, your horses 
with stripes and pass it off as a zebra, which I said, of course, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> um, later on, a, a guy called Joe Exotic Animal Trader turns up. Wait a minute. <laughs> I know that name. Yes, and, and he turns up every week and tries to sell you some weird and wacky mutation of animals. So the first one he tried to sell me was some kind of um, like duck and capybara mixed together. Um, apparently, now I've been I've been invited into the Discord for Let's Build a Zoo. So I, I I went in and apparently there's a way that if you, if an animal dies, you can turn them into the burgers and sell them. Um, oh my god! <laughs> in the store, <laughs> um, and as a beta that so there was, there was lots and lots of glitches lots of things that were like that need polishing up on this game but it is a beta and they, this was the first day of their early beta so these things have to be expected but the core underneath this game is is going to be amazing it's going to be dark and humorous and i mean you don't have to do the whole dark and humorous thing you can just play the game as you want and be nice and get animals and rescue animals trade them with other zoos and that kind of stuff you don't have to be a morally questionable zoo owner but that's the fun of it isn't it so um <laughs> the the menus that were in that you could have a look around a lot of the stuff that said is like unavailable in the beta but there looked like there was some some excellent stuff in there and one of the most impressive stuff was like you get to have your own CRISPR lab where you get two strains of DNA and just make your own Cronenberg monsters to put in the, in the pens. Nice. So I combined a, a snake and a rabbit uh, for a snake bit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, it's it's still in beta. I think it's going to be running for a couple more days after this podcast goes up and uh, you can go to the Discord and request a key. And it's well worth a go. It's only 45 minutes long, um, but I can't talk about any of the games that I've played this week because things. So, um, yeah, that's my game of the week. Awesome. This is made by No More Robots, isn't it? Or published by No More Robots. Yeah, it's made by a publisher called Spring Loaded and it's being published by No More Robots. Awesome. These are the guys that made or published Technospace Outlaw and not tonight. So I'm enjoying that there's still darkness in this game because from the outset, it looks very cute. Yeah. Yeah, and the first trailer, I was like, "Huh, this looks just like Planet Zoo, but just uh, pixel art." Mm. And then, and then within the first five minutes of gameplay, you're like, "Oh, this isn't like that game at all. This is, <laughs> this is like um, British sitcom version of Planet Zoo." Cool. Um, yeah, very cool. Yeah, not tonight's great as well. It's a Brexit simulator where you play a bouncer um, after Brexit, and it's uh, yeah, it's very twisted. Go and check it out. No more robots. Publish really cool stuff. Cat, uh, what is your game of the week? Uh, my game of the week, well, the game that I've been playing this week is uh, Lydia. Um, so very kind of indie type, kind of like a point and click kind of side scroller that is supposed to, and supposed to, it's like my my day of the word with this game. Um, it's supposed to kind of touch on um, substance abuse and uh, a childhood kind of, I guess, how a child is affected by substance abuse and how that then maybe changes their decisions of you know whatever they're doing as they grow up because they've been around substance abuse it's it's a very short game yeah I I don't know what I was really going into expecting it but you know after I came out of it I read a lot of kind of different I was really intrigued to actually see what the reception was on the game because I don't like ever play it well I try and have an easy but if I'm gonna play it I don't ever want you know opinions to bias mine so I always look after and I 
I kind of came out of it and I was like, am I missing something? And I, I, it's a very cutesy game, very nice. Like it definitely has an atmosphere to it. But there's, I don't know, I kind of came out a little bit confused. It's <laughs> <was> like, <laughs> okay, right. Um, that's ended. Uh, so yeah, I think there are definitely other games that have potentially maybe brought the message on a lot better. You know, like games like uh, Detroit Become Human, obviously uh, Todd, an alcoholic who then you have to make the choice whether you intervene him neglecting um, his daughter um and that's really that's a really emotional kind of player choice there um but yeah that was interesting to play my review will be up in a probably day or two um about it so you can read it all about it dad i won't say too much more fantastic that's lily on the switch isn't it yes yes yeah, so on the switch lovely stuff and miles your game of the week Please say it's Apple like, 21. <laughs> I think you already knew it was going to be Apple 21. It had to be, really. Uh, yeah, I think putting me last is quite amusing, given that my game was not anywhere near as good as the others mentioned. Um, yeah, mine was Handball on the PS4, and it was... Um, how can I put this diplomatically? It, it was an experience. It was a, a time of my life, and I, I don't know how else I would describe it, really. Um Going into it, I had no idea what Hamble was, never really like played it or even really known about it. So I kind of watched a little bit about it. And it actually was quite interesting kind of watching actual matches. And it's a shame that watching it was a lot more interesting than playing the game itself, um, which was, as my review said, quite a mess. Um, but in that kind of really amusing, like you can't just help but laugh at how bad it is. And like it kind of exists and it functions, but it just doesn't do anything very well. Um and just the animation was abysmal, but and the goalkeeping AI was just beyond like even normal words can even put into understanding. Really, it was it was really an experience, and uh, yeah, as a first review as well, I think it was a, a fun game to have. Really, <laughs> welcome to Finger Guns, man. Enjoy, <laughs> enjoy your absolutely shocking start to it. But uh, yeah, at least it was a fun one to try out and play. For sure, for sure, it's almost more fun, isn't it, to play rubbish games sometimes. Oh yeah, definitely. It's like a like a palate cleanser, I guess. From like, I play a lot of AAA stuff, so it was nice to play mm. something that didn't really work at all. And um, <laughs> it was clearly like a labor of love. Like they wanted to make it somewhat authentic, but like there's not even any commentary. You're just like bouncing a ball around with like no music, no commentary, nothing. It's just all a bit, yeah, mm. surreal. <laughs> yeah, it, it was one that was sitting in our in our code list for a while, and it, it's been there for so long that we like quietly between ourselves, we never wanted to say it, but it was like. Well, I'm not reviewing that. Why don't you review it? I don't want to review that. Why don't you review it? And it's yeah, I, I appreciate you coming along and uh, and taking it off our hands. <laughs> You're most welcome. I was happy to be the sacrificial lamb on this one, fall on the sword of handball. Truly, truly an honor. Thank you, sir. Uh, my game of the week, uh, bizarrely, is Far Cry 5. After watching the Far Cry 6 gameplay reveal the other night, um, which I'll get into a bit later, I kind of had a bit of an urge to play it again. And it was a nice reminder of how much fun that game is uh it's i think it's the most far cry far cry game and whilst it's not set in kind of some some island that's like a million miles away from everything like a lot of the far cry games tend to be it does feel a lot more grounded and i love the cult of the seeds um i love eden's gate and that whole story i've played through it this is probably my third time now uh there hasn't been any ps5 upgrade to it yet which is disappointing but it's it's just a it's really fun to play because it's so freaking bleak around every corner, but it's it's contrasted by this beautiful kind of like deep South America, and 
it's very fun to explore. And of course, the madness of Far Cry is kind of counteracts the the real serious nature of uh, Joseph Seed and how he takes on his cult members and gets them to basically, you know, kill you around every single corner. Um, I noticed that in Far Cry 6, there are things that I don't like in Far Cry 5. Uh, so that's going to be a little bit of a pain. But there are moments in Far Cry 5 that I really love, particularly when you get sort of face-to-face with e- any of the seeds, um, the whether Joseph Seed or Jacob Seed or the other two that I can't remember the name of right now. But it's uh, it's a lot of fun. And, of course, I just got a Cheeseburger, um, who was a giant bear who can tear people's faces off for you, which is always a pleasure, always a treat. So, yeah, um, jumping back into Far Cry was really fun, and it's got me pretty hyped to uh, to get into Far Cry 6, which will be out uh, near the end of the year. So, yeah, that's my game of the week so far. I've also, of course, been playing Fortnite. This, this season is currently... It's nearly over, so I'm getting hyped. Um, all the buzz now is starting now for the next season. There's little hints, there's little alien drops that kind of happen very randomly in games, but it's it's uh, it's quite fun. It seems that Aliens is going to be the main focal point for the next season. So, uh, yeah, it's a fun time to be into Fortnite, which as a 34-year-old man, I am, and proudly, shamefully, to be honest. But, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot to look forward to there as well. Uh, right then, let's get in to the Fastest Finger Quiz. And my word, with two new people, I'm feeling pretty good about this, to be honest. Actually, I'm not. I'm going to lose horrifically, but why not? Sean Davies. Let's do this. So uh, if you've never done this before, I've got 20 questions. I'm going to ask them. We're going to get answers straight away from buzzers, which we're going to have to test now. So, Russ, do you have a buzzer? I do have a buzzer. Is it as embarrassing as every other week? No. Sure? Maybe. Let's, Let's hear it. I'm trying to find some sailors. Yeah, even more embarrassing. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> I wanted to bring some Shemu in. I miss Shemu. There's not enough Shemu on this podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, Kat, do you have a buzzer? I do have a buzzer. Let's hear this buzzer. Okay, ready? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. ready for this. I'm ready. It's better than Ross is, tie that. Wow. Yes. Yeah, the thing with me and Chris is though is that I knew every answer to the one last week, and I don't know if you've ever seen Friends, where it's the one where they're trying to not lose the apartment, and Rachel's just arbitrarily saying lots of stuff that isn't actually words because she's too excited about the fact that she might know the answer. Yes, and she doesn't get any of them right. Yeah, that's that's kind of me. So this this will be be very interesting. interesting. Trans monster. That's not even a word. Yeah, that's me. That's literally me. So, okay. And Miles, do you have a buzzer? I do indeed. Let's hear it. Yeah, that one. That was an alien, was it not? <laughs> it was a raptor. Oh, raptor. Yeah, of course. It's like... <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Too loud now. <laughs> okay, right. So, we've got a raptor, we have Pikachu, and we have. Ross's desire for sailors. Okay. I'm trying to find some sailors. Yeah. <laughs> it was going to be my favorite line in Shemu ever, which is He's a man who wears a black leather jacket and sunglasses. Because <laughs> 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 it's so poorly delivered. I love it. Uh, but yeah, everyone stay unmuted because obviously you got a buzz in. Let's do it, Sean. Okay. Question one Which Bioware game is set in the kingdom of Feraldon and stars a protagonist that is recruited? <laughs> Miles. Dragon Age. <laughs> Almost. 
I'll finish the. Uh, oh, sorry. I'll finish the question. Let's get the A protagonist that is recruited into the Grey Wardens. I'm trying to find some sailors. Ross. Dragon Age Two. No. Cat. <laughs> uh, <I did> pass. <laughs> Just... The answer I was looking for was Dragon Age Origins. <gasps> so close. <laughs> if I was in a good mood, Miles, you would have <laughs> No, it was a desire to jump the gun completely. I was like, uh, I just recognised the name of the, the place or the world of it. And I was like, oh, it must be that. And I didn't even think of, you know, it's a series with other games in it. Yeah, I understand. I understand. <laughs> um, okay, question two. How many Chaos Emeralds are there in I'm Sonic? I'm trying to find some sailors. Yes. Seven. Seven is correct. Well done. You were quick then, Kat, but not quick enough. I know. My my buzz then was my gasp <laughs> instead of my buzzer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question three. Marlborough, Tonberry, Chimera, and Iron Giant are recurring enemies from which RPG series? Final Fantasy. Correct, Miles. Well done. Thank you. Okay, question four. In which game are you quite likely to read the line, you have died of dysentery? Cat. I'm trying to find some sailors. Is that not not Skyrim? It's not. No. It's the other one. Ross. Is it Oblivion? It's not. Oh god damn it! (laughs) Uh, Okay. You're frozen out now, Cat. That's it. You get one chance. (laughs) Miles, have you got an attempt at this? I don't know the name of it, but isn't it that old like? like text adventure. He doesn't have an answer, like, Sean. He doesn't have obviously <laughs> doesn't have an answer. It's the Oregon Trail, which was uh, what it was called. I can I, I like know of it, but I didn't know the name of the actual game. Okay, question five. Red Steel 2, Children of Eden, and Rayman Origins were all published by which company? I'm trying to find some sailors. Ross? Ubisoft. Correct. Okay, question six. Who voices Peter Parker slash Spider-Man in the Marvel Spider-Man game? I'm trying to find some sailors. Ross? Yuri Lowendahl. Well done. Nice. Okay. That was... oh. <laughs> Sorry about that noise. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Add it to the OnlyFans cast vlog. Yes, we will. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question seven. In Red Dead Redemption, the character Nigel West Dickens was trying to get rich by selling what? Ooh. I have no idea. Okay. Miles? I'm going to go for snake oil. Correct. Well done. Yes. He obviously Googled it? that. That's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I was typing away furiously. <laughs> I would have taken snake oil or elixir medicine. He sells both. Okay. Nah. Question eight. Coach Morse. Coach Morso Ollivander. My oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, let me start this again. <laughs> I should have had them beers. Question eight. <laughs> Quoch. Quoch. <laughs> uh, okay, we're skipping that question. Question nine. <laughs> You're frozen out now, Sean. <laughs> question do we, nine. Do we all get a point for that? No, no one gets a point for that one. Oh. <laughs> this is a nineteen this, this is a nineteen question quiz now. Okay. <laughs> okay, question nine. The game Sonic Boom Rise of Lyric is exclusive to which console? I'm trying to find some sailors. Ross? Wii U. Correct. 
Bloody hell. And it's terrible. Okay, question 10. Loose ends, suffer with me, and all gillied up are camp- campaign levels from which first-person shooter series? Miles? Call of Duty. Correct. Okay. Yes, Miles. <laughs> Obviously, that's why we didn't say it, it was too yeah, obvious. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. I forgot those trick questions you're not supposed to answer. <laughs> okay, question 11. On a standard SNES controller, the face buttons are red, green, blue, and what other colour? <gasps> my Pikachu, my Pikachu. Pika, Pika. It's not loaded. Cat. <laughs> Is I'll it? Cat. I've got, I've got it. <laughs> It's one of two colours, so I'm going to have to go with my gut and say grey. No. Oh, okay. Miles? Is it yellow? Correct. <gasps> that was going to be my first answer. <laughs> <laughs> Stole it. Okay, question 12. Which Hollywood actor voiced Emperor Uriel Septim Seventh in The Elder Scrolls for Oblivion? Ooh, I'm trying okay. to find some sailors. Russ? Maggie Smith. Yeah. <laughs> close, but no. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not that close, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Any guesses? It's um, um, it's Patrick. I can't think of his surname. The, he's um, is he Captain Kirk in Star Trek? This <gasps> show. That's not a name. That's just a. <laughs> I can't think of his surname. Stuart, Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart is correct. Well done. <laughs> you seriously really? getting that? Are you kidding me? I'm. I'm sorry. He didn't. He. He, <laughs> he knew the answer. Right, but I mean, Cat was buzzing. But the only reason she was going to get the answer is because he was going Captain Kirk. Captain Picard, for God's sake. Oh. Sabotaging myself, really. It wasn't even Kirk. It was. Oh. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> Question 13. What colour is the body of 80s video game icon Cubert? I'm trying to find some sailors. Ross? Orange. Correct. I'm old. Okay. That is some knowledge. Question 14. Uncharted Golden Abyss, Killzone Mercenary, and Mer- Resistance Burning Skies are all exclusive to which handheld console? I'm trying to find some sailors. Miles? PlayStation Portable. No. I'm trying to find some sailors. Ross? PS Vita. Correct. Yeah! Oh, cat. I know. (laughs) I'm still kicking myself over the yellow question because I was going to say yellow first. I'm still still playing that in my mind. Uh, Okay, question 15. Which 2019 fighting game allowed you to play as characters from Dragon Ball Z, Naruto, Yu-Gi-Oh, Hunter x Hunter, and more anime shows? Miles? It's a jump force. Correct. Wow. Mm. Question 16. Finish the title of this infamous 1994 game. Plumbers don't wear... I'm trying to find some sailors. Ross? Jock straps. (laughs) No. (laughs) I don't know them. Miles or Kat, you want to have a guess? I'll have a guess. Yeah, uh, guess. No, you've had yeah. enough guesses. Yeah, good you, go, you go, you go. I've learned this. Um, oh, I can see it in my mind. I'm going to say plumbers don't wear trousers. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> they're, all, they're all a lot higher than this. Like, <laughs> uh, Miles, have you got a guess? Uh, plumbers don't wear gloves. 
No. Hats. Plumbers don't wear ties. Oh. 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 Okay, question 17. Peaky Blinders Mastermind, Power Wash Simulator, and Velocity 2X were all developed by which British... find some sailors. Ross? Future Lab. Correct. Yeah. Okay, question 18. The following synopsis describes which video game movie. As an orc horde invades the planet Azeroth using a magical portal, a few human heroes... Miles? Warcraft? Correct. Question 19. Branding for which confectionery appeared throughout the 1992 game Zool? I'm trying to find some sailors. Ross? Chubba Chubs. Correct. Wow. In question 20, the Nintendo Power Glove featured prominently in which 1989 film? It's gone. It, It was The Wizard. Yeah. Okay, let's top up them scores. Right, so Cat got... Nothing. A big fat zero. <laughs> you know what? As as a as a, you can have the fu- the question that I fucked up. Okay. Okay. Thank you. I will. I'll, I'll take that and run. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, good sir. That might help uh, me out in a couple of weeks. So, question eight, right? Was Coach Morso, Oleander, Mila Vordello, and Rasputin Aquato are all characters from which wow. two thousand and five game? Now, in in hindsight, I probably should have picked a different fucking question. Yeah, you did, you did that to yourself, man. Yeah, yeah, that was like a lot of syllables that I just could not get out. Anyway, um, right, let's have a look who actually won. So Ross got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight. Oh, this is going to be close. Miles got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven. Oh, Ross takes uh, it by one. No. Oh, <laughs> <well played. laughs> that was tight. Ooh. Oh, that feels good. Well Ooh. done, Ross. Thank you. Well done. Well played. Well played. Thank you. Well played. Are you well getting played. back in the game now? After <laughs> after a long period of not winning for one for a while. Yeah, I'm one for ages, and then Greg came along with the fastest finger, and that was it. It was all over. But yeah, Greg has not been on for three weeks, and I'm winning now, so that's good. Feel good about that. <laughs> uh, right then, let's crack on with um, this week's news. And there's there's a fair bit to go through. We had a lot of announcements this week. So we're going to kick off with which sequel is coming out in December? Santa. <laughs> Santa 2. <laughs> Santa Return returns. Of the presents. Kwanzaa <laughs> <laughs> um, 2. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, yes, Dying Light is the correct. Dying Light is the answer. Yes, um, after a 30-odd-minute presentation, we had the confirmation that Dying Light 2 will be launching on the 7th of December on Xbox, PC, and PlayStation. And it looks pretty darn sweet. Did anyone, did anyone catch the reveal or the trailer? Yes. What did you think? Um, I quite like the direction that they're going in. Um, it, it's the, the first game was terrifying, wasn't it? I remember me and you and Paul, I think it was, that we all got the code back in the day. We did. And nighttime was terrifying. Yeah, it was. And in, in this presentation, they were like, nighttime's going to be even scarier this time. And I'm like, ah, oh, God damn it. I am older, but I'm no more of, no less of a pussy. So <laughs> this, this, is, this is not going to go well. Um, but I do like the new kind of art direction they've gone in, less realistic, more 
futuristic post zombie apocalyptic. It looks pretty cool, mm. uh, and the car, the parkour looks amazing. It does, yeah. That was the big my big takeaway from the trailer was the parkour. It looks really really cool, and yeah, I'm excited to jump back in. I mean, Dying Light is my classic. Um, I screamed the house down story of when I was playing it at night um, like an idiot. And in the game, it would turn to night. And of course, when it turns to night, that's when all the massive zombies and all the, the scariest creatures come out. And I found myself running for my life just from a noise. I just heard a noise and I ran as fast as I possibly could. And then for some stupid reason, I decided to look around. I thought, what is chasing me? I looked around and within a split second, he was right on my ass and I screamed so loud. I fell off the sofa. I woke up. My then girlfriend had got a knock at the door from next door going, what the hell just happened? And it was me playing Dying Light, screaming my head off. So it's um, it's kind of got that, it's got that real fear factor. And I'm excited to see if this one can can up that because that was that was not messing around. Um, Miles Cat, did either of you see the trailer? Can't do it. I can't do it to myself. I have, yeah, I saw the trailer, I saw the announcement. Um it, I love watching people play horror, film, but your exact scene that you just described of you um, jumping out of bed and, you know, it being, that's, that would be me at every second. I would make it worse for myself. And I think that people would actually genuinely believe there had been like a, like a murder or something in my house because I would <laughs> just be screaming. Um, so I really like watching other people play it. So I've not actually played the first one because I knew it just... I, it would be Pima Pants Central. I'd have to wear a nappy on the sofa just so that I'd, you know, stop going to the toilet. <laughs> but oh. yeah, like Sean was saying, you know, the fact that they're going to make that scary, they're going to have the ante. And as well, the first game is so well loved. I've never, ever had mm. anybody really say anything bad about Dying Light 1. Um, everyone always, and people go back to it a lot as well. I, I see a lot of people on my on my PlayStation list um, and they've gone back to it for whatever reason. Um, and yeah, super cool, but not for me. <laughs> Does look uh, cool though. Glad they're up in that ante. Uh, Sean, can we get a cat code for Dying Light 2? And then she can stream it for us. It's already done, buddy. It's already done. Because <laughs> <laughs> I really want to see that now. <laughs> I, it would make good television. I it can imagine. Would. It really would. Yeah. We, right. we should recommend to the PR that they send a nappy with every review code. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So we have someone on our team that just you know they'll have yeah. a few accidents. So if you could send you know complimentary nappy, that would be great. Can we uh, can we get a code and some nappies? That'd be great. Thank you, uh, Miles. Did you see the trailer? Yeah, I did. I played um played a lot of the first one and um trading kind of our dying like one horror stories. My one was um obviously during the day the like serial infected ones that come out at night are like hidden away in certain parts of the map, and I didn't know this at some point. I think I wandered into like one of the tunnel infrastructures or something. And I like turned a corner and there was like thousands of them just waiting for me. And I was like, oh crap. <laughs> it was like one in the morning. And I distinctly <laughs> remember being like, that's enough for today. I'm out. I just quit the game there and then. And I loaded it up the next day and went back to it. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited this time for like the story stuff they're doing with like the factions and like the kind of dynamic changes in the world. I'm quite excited to see what they're going to do with that. Because um, I love the gameplay of the first one, but the story was a bit like, kind of go here, do this, do that. And I remember that side quest where it was like, go and gather coffee beans. And I was like, are you serious? Is this is this what you put in your game? Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm excited to see like all of that dynamic stuff they're adding to the story progression choice and stuff. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that side of it. Awesome. 
uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to jump in. Hopefully, we can do it. Because I think there's, I mean, we got loads of, I think there's co-op options as well. So hopefully, we can uh, we can embrace the fear together, maybe, and uh, check it out on December the seventh. Looking forward to it. Um, which big ass game from Sony did not get a release date this week? I know. <laughs> oh, my little heart. Horizon Forbidden West. Yes, yes. We won't go into it too much because there is a big old uh, podcast that we dedicated exclusively to the reveal, which you can listen to right now on our feed that myself, Kat, and Toby did. And um, there's a lot to... We delved into every nook and cranny of that trailer. And uh, goodness me, it's exciting. But I did want to get Sean and Miles' opinions on it before we moved on. Uh, so, Sean, what did you make of the Forbidden West content that we saw? Everything looks incredibly impressive, but I am so mildly worried because About that, what? everything in that trailer, everything in that gameplay segment was so heavily scripted. Um and I I struggled to see how a normal person would play the section that they they played. So they had Aloy in, you know, walk down to a beach and she approached this big open space. Where you know you got the dinosaur, the robo dinosaurs, whatever the teeth, like saw blade, whatever they were called, um, and they immediately turned to the right and went back into the jungle. And I'm thinking to myself, I wouldn't have done that. I'd have been, you know, climbing up into the ruins and shooting down, etc. I was just worried that what we were shown was very um, put together, and the narration drove me nuts. So Aloy never shut up even when she was underwater, which was, like, incredible. She's talking underwater. See, I've seen people say this, but she was very talkative in the first one as well. Not if as talkative me- as this. If you remember going back to the very first trailer we ever saw of Horizon Zero Dawn, she's proper talking down that Thunderjaw. And that's what made it interesting, because it wasn't just a, a silent fight, to me, anyway. I like the fact that she had a bit of character in her while she was fighting at the same time. I just don't need a... a the, the, the currents are strong here. I don't need that. I don't need a, like, I don't know how the, I need to see how the contextual uh, voice responses are put together because when you stopped in like the reeds and there's two things swimming past you and you're like, don't move, don't move. How is she doing that if it wasn't scripted? Is she going to do that every time you get into cover? Is that every every time a dinosaur doesn't see you and moves past you? I'm just really worried that what we saw was was heavily put together as like a script. It didn't. It 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 was far more scripted than the demo that we first saw of the first game, which I was I was, I'm a bit worried about. Cat is uh, Horizon Zero Dawn's biggest fan. Uh, do you want to knock Sean down a couple of pegs here? <laughs> no, actually, I think I think what you said is very fair. I actually, would it ruin the immersion by having a blow-by-blow account of her, I guess, you know, that don't move, if that was to happen every single time you're in stealth, would that then get annoying? And especially if it's the re- same repeated script, you know, would that would you then lose, you know, the immersion, the, the independence, the, you know, the, the individuality of your gameplay? Because it is an open world game and, you know, you want to feel like, although there is a storyline, you do feel with Horizon that you have a lot of, kind of choice of how you go about stuff so where you're going to go what resources do you need will you you know everybody has a different play play style with horizon i don't think i used one of the i think it was like the sticky bombs it was like that like electric 
rope thing i only, only ever use that on a stormbird whereas other people would swear by that little kind of attachment so no i think i think you make a good point i hope it is just like i think i hope it's for trailer benefits as opposed to like you said being the whole game um yeah it's an interesting point it's not something that i actually thought of at the time um but yeah well i guess we'll have to see what happens but no pegs it's, it's that thing, do you know in the first game where you, you'd be directed to a location and you get to that location and nine times out of ten, that location would have one entry in and one entry out. And it would be like an interesting tour that you would take of that place. So like, you know, when you get to the enemy encampment, you'd walk along, you'd go, and then the mm. exit out would be somewhere else and you wouldn't mm. be able to get into it that way. This this The way what they showed was like, okay, you need to go and get this guy but it felt like you were just in like a massive open space. Mm. And I kind of wish they'd just played it like a normal human would, like open a map and look what the hell you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Rather than making it look like a film. If, that, if it all... was very film-like, wasn't it? It was like you were watching an actual part of film that would not be in the game, but you know that you're definitely going to come across that in the game. And yeah. it was, yeah, you're right. It's very linear. It's very like led to, because I, like you, I wouldn't have done, you know, when you when she turned immediately right, I wouldn't have swam straight to where she swam. I would probably have like gone around a little bit, you know, and swam around for a little bit. And I think, yeah, I think it was obviously very, very scripted and how they showed the gameplay trailer. Now that I think of it, you know, that blow by blow of what did they do next as opposed to like you said playing it like a normal human exploring just jumping around a little bit and yeah well I guess we'll have to see but yeah no, I completely agree yeah I think that's probably a, a a symptom of the way that they're having to do things now though maybe like you know you have these direct and state of plays where you have to have this sterile thing that's very under control rather than like Uncharted 4 which you know the first demonstration was was Nathan Drake standing still <laughs> and like getting stage fright, which you know inspired a trophy in the game because you just stuck still in the same position. So, you know, maybe it is just a condition of the world that we're in right now with COVID. But yeah. I just hope that that isn't that you know that the game is is everything I hope it is because it looks brilliant. It's just I was you know I had these nagging doubts. Mm. Sorry, <laughs> that's okay. You're forgiven. <laughs> Miles, what did you make of uh, Forbidden West? I was quite enjoying just hearing that little back and forth there. Um, yeah, I think the narration side, I kind of get both sides. I think I got quite used to it with the first game because she was like really chatty. Um, and initially it was a bit off-putting and then I kind of got used to it. And I think I actually quite liked it towards the end because it felt like even when like, I'd finished the main story and stuff, it felt like she was still like an existing character. Whereas sometimes when you finish a game, there's like little to no dialogue or anything. So it kind of made her still feel like an actual person in the world, I guess. I was more interested in like the expanded tools that they've given you, like the kind of smoke bomb. I think you described it as punching the ground or something, Kat. This <laughs> um, is haunting me, this comment. <laughs> <laughs> it did make it be a good laugh, that one. Um, yeah, and I quite like the expanded arsenal of like kind of gadgets and kind of tools you're going to get. And I'm quite glad that they're doing something about the up-close combat as well, not just like the archery stuff, because in the original, you know, you just mash triangle when an enemy gets near you. And it was really like, it wasn't particularly skill-based that part and so i was quite glad when they said that they're adding a bit more to that i'll be interested to see what kind of depth there is because they said there's going to be combos and stuff and i'm just a bit like hmm, i wonder what that's actually going to look like in the game itself because saying that you're going to have combos is one thing but actually having like useful combos that you use in different situations and stuff is a different thing so yeah i think i was i was pretty blown away by it but i think i do hold some reservation as well that it was a very like scripted demo and it was quite clear they were playing it in a very particular way 
Mm. Um, so yeah, it's definitely a, I'm impressed, but trying to hold back a little bit of that excitement, I think. For sure. I remember watching the, the first time we saw gameplay for The Last of Us Part Two, and it was Ellie going through the cars and underneath the cars and shooting out all the, um, I can't remember who they were, but I remember watching that thinking, I wouldn't, that's not how I'd play that. Firstly, I did, took me like an hour longer than it did in the gameplay demo because I'm rubbish and scared at The Last of Us. And so I hide in things all the time. But yeah, I remember going through that quite casually and taking everyone out one by one rather than having them chase me. Um, obviously, the chasing element was great for the trailer. But yeah, I remember playing it very differently. And hopefully this will be this will be the same case for Midwest because yeah, there are elements of it. Go, I wouldn't do that. I would have done it a different way. But you know, that's the beauty of it. We get to do it a different way when it finally comes out. When it finally comes out, if it ever comes out, give me a release date, please, Gorilla. Thank you very much. Um, Elsewhere, which uh, Sonic game is getting a remaster this year? True Colors or Colors One. True <laughs> Colors or Colors One, that's the one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, Sonic Colors uh, Ultimate is launching on September 7th, I believe. And it's, uh, yeah, very, very exciting. Well, for me anyway, because it's basically the last great Sonic game. And uh, it's uh, finally, finally coming back out. Did anyone catch the, the Sonic event the other day? Yes. Now, you know me, I love me some Sonic. What did you make? What did you make of the whole thing? Um, it was their first one. So they're obviously um I think they kind of rushed to get this before they got swept away by E3, if I'm honest. Because it didn't feel like there was a whole lot that was in it. And it was like Sonic Colors, okay. And there's another Sonic game coming. Okay. And that was kind of it. There was lots of bits and bobs. I mean, Sonic in the Olympic game is the most bizarre thing. Yeah, that's very weird. I mean, if you haven't seen it, um, we're all familiar with the Sonic Olympic Games, but in this one, it's a it's a proper 3D AAA Olympic Games, but Sonic is in it, but you don't play as Sonic. You play as a competitor in the Olympic Games dressed up as Sonic. Which I believe is some kind of meme, of like the gotta go fast guy, isn't it, or something? Perhaps, yeah. Um, with, you know, Sonic is, the, the whole kind of Sega fandom is very recognized by Sega and you know they mm-hmm, sure. they they adopt the gotta go fast stuff so uh, it was fine you know mm-hmm. it wasn't exactly the most uh, impressive of shows um and that doesn't feel like the best celebration for the 30th birthday of their their company's most uh, recognizable mascot but we'll, we'll see you know there's there's still time to come I guess yeah i mean sonic's basically appearing in everything uh there's a fully playable Sonic the Fighters coming in Lost Judgment, the sequel to Judgment, which is out this year. Uh, Sonic's coming to Two Point Hospital. Uh, he's coming. There was a little tease of Sonic coming to Minecraft in some way. And then we got a very small tease of the new Sonic game by Sonic Team, which is out in 2022. There wasn't enough there for me to get super excited about it because there's so little that we currently know about it. But uh, yeah, Miles, where are you with Sonic the Hedgehog these days? I can't say I've ever been that big into Sonic. Um, okay, this is your this is your last podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna boot it out now. <laughs> I've totally thrown myself under the bus here. Um, yeah, I kind of played a little bit of it as a kid. Um, I played like the original. Um, I think it was the Sega ones. Um, and yeah, I've kind of touched on it, but then I've seen a lot about the new releases and how like messy they are and janky. And it did kind of make me laugh when you said about the Olympic ones. I was thinking like they basically just made like a Sonic cosplay the game. <laughs> essentially um, yeah essentially 
but uh yeah i can't say i follow it particularly closely but um i'm, I'm always kind of keeping an eye out to see if the, one of them actually comes out and is any good so i always wanted to play that shadow the hedgehog game that was out on the ps2 years wow. and years ago yeah um and never did but i feel like that might have been my gateway in but i never actually got around to playing it <laughs> maybe there'll be a remaster yeah maybe one day you'll be able to to get me into it <laughs> oh i will oh i will lovely um cat are you a lover of sonic Oh, I love that hedgehog. Yeah. Um, I do. I love him. I, I've played him. I remember, and I can't even remember, the, the, the name of the console completely just goes out of my mind now, but it was, it was from Sega, and it was a handheld, um, like, black brick, essentially. Oh, the um, Game Gear. Yes. Yeah, that was it. Um, and I loved it. But there was, like, this weird tennis game that you could play, where, you like, you know, like your Olympic one, you didn't play as Sonic. Sonic was the... Um, he was the guy in the chair keeping the score. Oh, the umpire. He was, yeah, he was just the umpire. And it was like really, it was really randomly placed kind of cameo. But no, I love it. I did actually play, because um, I wanted to play for ages, but I just didn't. Um, I recently played Sonic Forces and I was really excited for that. And I really hope they don't bring this into the new game of this idea of playing the same level 50 times to just be able to collect everything. Because mm. that annoys me like that's such a a little bit of a deal breaker for me because although the you know the levels are like five six minutes long you know playing something playing a level you know seven to 15 to 20 times when there's 40 levels is like the math on that is silly and that's that's just you know counting that you have actually collected everything perfectly each time you've been able to not necessarily you know accidentally rolling past it because of course it is like a mega not a side scroll but it's a front scroller isn't it like you you can't go back anytime the screen eats it like so yeah but i do love it i love all the characters my buzzer was actually going to be part of sonic sonic adventure 2 is genuinely one of my favorite games but i think i was a little bit of a sadist as a kid because i used to throw the chow against the <laughs> the invisible walls <laughs> 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 and i'd be like Haha. yeah and just you know to take it out on the poor chow uh i used to get this like really adorable um chow garden that you went into and mm -hmm. you could like teach it to swim and you could teach it. and it was just amazing and i'd be like no i just want to throw you against the wall and that's <laughs> what i used to do i used to and i'd be like what is wrong with me that's so you know like when something is so cute you want to squish it that's what yep, the sure. towels are um but yeah so i am excited for the new game i hope um i hope they do that and i haven't played colors um and so hearing that it was really messed i'm not even hard of colors and that's surprising for me because i normally do know um sonic stuff but yeah so i definitely probably will pick that up um give it a go because i do like it obviously nice. i've got like a little gold crush from rouge the bat you know as you do of course you look like her don't you but yeah i just want to be here essentially love it yeah uh right then um let's jump into far cry 6 did anyone see the far cry 6 trailer yes 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 so um, good so like i kind of have a, like an on-off relationship with far cry because i loved um three and five but primal really put me off um when i played it i don't even think i ever finished it but um watching the gameplay for this one it genuinely looks like just visually it was really good and um i'm not gonna lie the macarena like cd gun whatever that thing was that would that, that that was a good time and i'm looking forward to using that yeah the macarena gun is it, it, it makes the game a day one, to be honest. Oh, yeah. And, game of the um, year contender. Yeah, yeah. And if you pre-order it, you get the gun straight away. So it's like, okay, guess I'm pre-ordering this time. 
Sold. <laughs> yep. Yep. And you get a um you get a little costume for your dog friend, Chorizo, who is a very tiny dog that kills people for you and only has two legs. He's very cute. If you haven't seen him, you should go and check him out. Uh Sean, did you see Far Cry Six? You know, it's it's just more Far Cry. I don't like yeah, pretty I was, much. <laughs> I, I'm I'm okay with that. Um and I'm really glad what they've said since then about the whole, you know, not leaving the last generations behind because this does look, you know, it doesn't look like a revolution for the series. So it shouldn't be janky on PS4 and Xbox One, which is great because there's still billions of people playing on those platforms that still want to play Cyberpunk. So, you know, I'm just, everything I've seen about it is great. I just really, I'm going to be impressed with the way that they try to market this one as some kind of apolitical game again. That's definitely not about anything real, you know, real world at all. Um, it's definitely not political, but it definitely is. It's going to be fun watching the PR tie themselves in knots <laughs> for the next six months. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. great. Yeah, I I can't wait. Uh, yeah, it's coming out on October the seventh. So we got Sonic Colors on the seventh of September, Far Cry Six on the seventh of October, and Dying Light Two on the seventh of December. So what is coming out on the seventh of November? Is it going to be Forbidden West? Who knows. Uh, Kat, what do you make of uh, Far Cry? Where are you in the Far Cry series? Um, I so I know of it. I think I had um, four, and I started four, but it was on a different console, or if it was on the PlayStation, I don't remember it enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, first-person shooters are never really ones that I go into. Um, but I do. I like the concept of it. I watched the trailer, and to be fair. It looks amazing. It looks really, really good. And I'm sure that people who are really avid hardcore fans are probably pretty excited because it does look very good. And the, the face capture is amazing on it. Like, it, like the, the detail in the skin. I always find with like graphics, I always really look at someone's skin. I don't know why. It's, it's like a, a, a bar for me in, in game kind of capture um, and design. But yes. So it's all the trailer. It looks good if you like that kind of thing. But not not a shooter person i just i just would be awful like i am the macarena cd that's what (laughs) that's just me (laughs) i'm gonna think about that whenever i shoot it now yeah now you should just shooting cat people singing um yeah i mean i'm I'm super buzzed for it like sean said it doesn't look like a a revolution kind of more of an evolution of what we already know and that's fine far cry is my is my blockbuster popcorn game that i just love jumping into uh, tearing down outposts and you know bringing revolution to a little part of the world it's, it's something that i really enjoy and yeah very excited for it it's going to be it's coming out exactly the right time for that sort of game so i'm hyped for it and um finally i told you there was a lot of news this week uh finally uh the sony playstation investor relations document uh released this week and there's a lot of um there's a lot of kind of funky information in there i'm gonna sh- i'm gonna shoot this one over to sean davies because sean davies loves a graph and uh was there any was there anything from the um the investors thing that you t- took note of anything that was discussion worthy in there um i mean apart from the fact that they're looking to be um more involved in other markets it was all kind of everything that everyone expected it to be you know um but they are going to be focused on mobile games and tv and movies a lot more than they have previously and um sony's playstation division is now as as profitable as it, as, it, as it ever has been so it, it was it was just a good result for sony i'll be honest with you it was like a 
I know there was lots of headlines about it, but it's like they are going into mobile games. We already knew that. They're going to do movies and TV. We already knew that. It was just them reaffirming everything that, that they are going to be doing over the next year. And it's going to be an interesting 12 months for them. Um, uh, I can't yeah. wait to play Uncharted Run or Temple Run or whatever the hell style <laughs> yeah. thing they do. Nathan um, Drake Run. Yeah. Uh, did, can, did you ever play any of the PlayStation mobile games back in the day? Uh, no, I don't think so. No. So the PlayStation Mobile like marketplace was the single best place to buy games at the time. It had Future Lab's first couple of games on like Coconut Dodge and Fuel to Ruckus and um, Surge Deluxe. That it was like the best place to play like phone games, and it just didn't explode like it should have done. And uh, I just kind of hope that Sony go back that way because um, everyone kind of really wanted that store to explode and they got so many really quality developers on there. And I'm just hoping that this is the way they go with this now. And I hope they don't just go, okay, well, you know, Pachinko machines are popular on mobile. Let's make a Uncharted Pachinko machine because, you know, that would that would suck. Uh, yeah, I mean, I saw the, the thing that was like the big headlines was that people that kind of gravitated to the fact that there are more women now playing video games than there were before. Um, I think it's what, 50, 41% they said? Yeah, yeah. The thing, the thing is, I think a lot of people were surprised by that, but I mean, it shouldn't be. No, I'm not surprised by that at <laughs> all. You know, it's like people were like, whoa, 41% of owners of, of a PlayStation 4 or 5 are female. Really? Uh, like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's 2021, guys. <laughs> yeah. Come on. I think I did read some of that, actually, and they also said there was a percentage of females who are lying about their gender on um on kind of ps psn or you know online uh they're kind of hiding it because of um just stuff like harassment or stereotypical judgment of what do you mean this girl is kicking my ass on cod this is ridiculous like it's yeah it's 2021 like we're not all playing you know i know i joke about you know loving spyro and, so- and sonic and stuff but like I'm not just playing, like, girls don't just play Sims 4 all day and be like, oh, I love making pink bedrooms and houses and I want my teddy bear to be on the other side of the... No, like, stop, stop. Whoever is thinking that needs to stop. And I think that's also a big reason why I wanted to be part of Finger Guns because I think there is, like, that that stigma, isn't there, about gaming and, you know, oh, it's it's a man's world and, you know, oh, what do you mean girls play games? you know they should be just playing cooking mama you know like stuff like that and yeah so um it doesn't surprise me but i think it surprises me that it surprises other people does that make sense so like what, what sean was saying is that he's not surprised by but that but then people other people will be really surprised by that but it makes me sad that people are hiding their gender or that hi- you know they're saying they're a different gender because that would that's going to get them a different reaction to their their talent or their skills or their hobbies or whatever's going to be said to somebody and I don't know why I always do it as well I always go oh it sounds really and they're like what do you like doing I'm like oh it's it might sound a bit silly but you know I love gaming and you get that kind of eyebrow raise mm. as a female and I'm I've, I have it nearly every time I speak to somebody my age or a lot older and like, oh oh all right then and then we'll immediately jump to how their husband of 30 years you know is playing FIFA on the weekend with the lads and I'm like well hang on a minute you can't sit there and eyebrow raise me <laughs> but you know and so yeah definitely uh d- d- well, that was very passionate of me then I didn't quite expect to get that heated about it but I love it 
but yeah, yeah, well, you know, girls can kick your ass on Fortnite too. You know, like <laughs> it's very true. It's very true. I'm almost certainly getting my ass kicked by Fortnite. It does make Fortnite. me sad about the gender hiding, though. So if you know, mm. don't don't hide it. Just I think that's what maybe we need to step up and stop doing is is hopefully not feel like we're in an environment where we need to do that. Here, here, absolutely. So, yeah, I have a, I have a, um, my friend Sarah who kicks my ass on halo on almost a weekly basis and has done since uh, since we were about 20 and uh yeah <laughs> she owns me and she she proper she proper like you know verbally attacks me about it in a very funny way that she thinks is funny but i find very deeply deeply hurtful but uh <laughs> yeah yeah it's not a surprise guys honestly don't be surprised by this uh very quickly miles did you see anything from this investment thing that got you excited apart from like graphs and stuff. <laughs> oh, I love a good graph. Um, I think it's. Uh, I think they were mentioning about the kind of movies and kind of TV tie-ins and stuff, which I'm quite interested in. But obviously, they've had like a lot of projects. Like they've had like Metal Gear, the Uncharted movie took ages to get anything. You know, they moved like a lot of ideas for their franchises as movies, but they never really happen. So again, it's kind of whether they are going to follow through with that and actually end up releasing something which is decent. Because let's be honest, movie games don't. Uh, games or sorry movies based on games that was a tongue twister um never really seemed to actually be of any quality so i think that part for me is i think they announced like 10 or so that they're working on so i'm intrigued to see what comes out of that um yeah yeah i think that was the main thing i kind of took away from it really cool i'm not feeling this uncharted movie yet am i the only one i love i love tom holland but i'm not feeling him as nathan drake yet i don't know i don't know i'm kind of like I wouldn't say I'm, I'm excited, although I'm expecting anything, but I'm kind of very, very exceptionally cautiously optimistic. Like the tiniest little bit of me is like, maybe this might be okay. I think people are still a, a picture the other day cautious. Um, of Tom Holland and is it Mark Wahlberg who's playing Victor? Uh, we're playing Sully, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 Sully. Um, I don't buy that. I, I can buy Tom Holland. I, I'm bought into Tom Holland potentially being young Nathan Drake. I don't know how much I buy um, Warburg being Sully. I don't know if I'm going to like that. I don't know because the thing is, he's quite a comedic, sarcastic actor and all I kind of see him in, in, in is Ted. And so... Right, yeah. And Sully's supposed to be a very wise, experienced guy and I just don't see... I don't know. Hopefully it will be kick-ass, but mm. right now, I saw that picture the other day and I was like, oh, someone's not sitting right with me there. <laughs> mm. I never asked you, actually, what did you make of The Last of Us casting for Pedro Pascal as, uh, as Joel? Mm, I, so I'm not, because he's in Game of Thrones, isn't he? He's in Game uh, of Thrones? Was it's it Game of Thrones? Thrones? He's currently the Mandalorian. He is in Game oh, of Thrones. Oh, yeah. yeah, sorry. He was, uh, <clears throat> I think he was um, Oberyn Martell in Game of Thrones, um, and he has that fight with the mountain. Yeah, I, I don't look at him and see Joel. Um, so I don't know. I think that the potentially could have been bad, better, not better casted, but there could have been other picks where I'd have been like, oh, that's a bang casting. Don't ask me here right now because it's it's gone for my little brain. But I don't I don't see his face and go, oh yeah, that that's a really good Joel casting. Um, but I am glad um, that the Ellie casting looks great. Um, yeah, 
we'll see we'll see I'm sure he'll I mean he was obviously you know it was a very well speculated you know anticipated casting so he's obviously thought out you know thought out from a good audition and he's chosen something but I I don't know Druckmann is heavily involved as well so hopefully you know it will be good but I after The Last of Us 2 I've lost my little sparkle about The Last of Us so I'll see how the the uh TV series, guys. Oh, we will talk about that another day. Yes. Goodness me. Uh, right then, let's get into um, our favourite Switch. I was going to talk about the Switch Pro. Um, there is rumours that it's going to be announced before E3, which would mean in the next couple of weeks. Um, there's not a lot of info to go on, but Switch Pro could be announced in the next couple of weeks. So Switch Pro games could be announced at E3. Hooray! That's about it. Um, very exciting. Uh, so yeah, just uh, this week, in honour of kind of Far Cry and Horizon Forbidden West, we've gone... Uh, for our favorite open worlds in video games. And so I'm going to throw this one over to uh, Sean Davies first, your favorite open world. Okay, this is going to be controversial, I imagine. Um, Here we go. So I came to this game six months after it was released. So it meant that I didn't get um, to experience a lot of the shit that got thrown at it when it first launched. And that game is Assassin's Creed Unity. Um, So... This was like the first next-gen Assassin's Creed game back then. You know, it was the first one on next-gen consoles, which is like the PS4, the Xbox One. It was the first one with actual co-op where you could play with your friends. And it was the first one that I ever felt was like a lived-in world. Now, Assassin's Creed have always had like crowds and things going on, but I think Assassin's Creed Unity has the best uh, feeling at a ground level. If you were to walk through that game, just take a stroll, you will see people selling stuff, people carrying stuff, people walking together to carry stuff, a guy getting chucked out of a pub because he's too drunk, two guys having a fight, somebody lying in the gutter. All of this stuff is happening around you. And it's not it's not like in traditional Assassin's Creed land where they're all moving in like, you know, predestined, you know, directions, like in a path where everyone just flows in the same direction. So you can blend in and out. And it, this was, for me, the last time the Assassin's Creed felt at all like a Prince of Persia game, which is what I actually want. <laughs> so this, this game was designed with the, you know, the climbing and everything that, so that it was restrictive. You know, it was the last time that if you looked at a building and you went, how the hell am I going to get up there? You actually had to think about it because in Syndicate, you had the zip line and then every game since in both Origins, Odyssey and Valhalla, you can just climb whatever. There's, you know, everything's climbable, even if there's no handholds on it. You just climb it anyway. So this was the, the last time that I felt like the world was scalable, but only like in a an actual believable way. So you know, you couldn't just superhuman climb up a tower because you know because you wanted to. And it has a feeling this game does that like they got the architecture nailed down, the people nailed down, and it just feels like a really cool world to be in. And it also features some of the best crowds in video games ever. You know, when, when you're standing on a building looking over like the gallows and the guillotine of these people being, you know, put through the French Revolution and you've got all these people, like there's quite literally hundreds of NPCs on screen at any one time. And I don't think that's something I've seen since then done well or before then, done well. This is like a unique thing for Unity, where the crowds are genuinely massive and 
are, you know, impressive. You know, they're not all standing there doing the same thing. They're all just a crowd of people baying for somebody's blood. And, yeah, it's just, for me, it's the the open world that always sticks in my brain. You know, Syndicate was good with the, you know, the, the kids playing football and all the open worlds since then with, like, Odyssey and uh, Valhalla. They're all great, but they just don't feel as lived in, as real, as at the ground level. Like, this is a living place that I could just walk around and get involved in um, since then. You know, and I've deliberated over this for days. I've been like, oh, it's got to be Skyrim or it's got to be Red Dead, you know, Redemption or, you know, but no, this is the game that I came up with and it's stupid and it's not, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's a good shout. I mean, away from all the controversy that surrounded Unity, Paris was a really cool place to explore. I completely agree. Yeah. And um, I personally prefer uh, London in, in uh, Syndicate, but yeah, completely. The, the, Unity the was reason- awesome. So Syndicate, like the London and like in Syndicate was brilliant, but the problem is for me that was the traversal. Like it started to feel like you were Spider-Man, you know, because you could zip line everywhere with a cane and it just it just felt like the world was less um less designed to be traversed in a way that was like um believable. You know, it, was, it started to get into yeah. the realms of stupidity. But the Eevee, the the the, the Fry twins were awesome, so that made up for all that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. Hashtag justice for Evie Fry. Yeah, man. She did. Assassin's... Yeah, she did. Assassin's Creed Syndicate is freaking awesome. <clears throat> Sorry. Anyway. Uh, Miles, do you have an open world that you love above all others? Above above all others? Yeah, they, those are words. I found... <laughs> I found this one quite difficult to... Uh, I had quite a few options. In terms of like pure fun, I thought of like Just Cause 2, because I remember having such a good time with that. The original Red Dead Redemption really kind of like set the bar for me like a realistic, organic open world. Um, but the first proper open world game that really blew my mind was Fallout 3. And uh, I don't really think they've captured it the same after Fallout 3. I know lots of people like love New Vegas even more, but for me it was 3. Um, it was just like that first time I remember watching the gameplay trailer, like the reveal one, and they showed you like coming out of Vault 101 for the first time. And I got like these weird like goosebump feelings, which was weird. I was just watching the trailer of it, but and that kind of sold me on the game from that moment. And then I just remembered losing like a month of my life just playing it and like exploring everything and like doing all the different side quests in different ways. Like the whole thing just with Megaton on its own of like, do you save it? Do you blow it up just because you want to be a dick? Like I just loved like the expanse of it and just the amount of options that you had. And um, obviously looking back on it now, like the combat system's pretty clunky and a bit messy, but like it was just the little details of like being able to pickpocket someone, uh, pickpocket someone and then like stick a grenade in their bag and then they just blow up in the open world like around you. Like, yeah, I just found that all really, really good. And um, the storyline, although the main quest was a bit like lackluster, some of the side quests in that game were just brilliant. Like the one with the, the tree and, and all the worshippers like, love the tree and they're keeping it alive and everything else um and it's like asking you to kill it and stuff and you get this like real moral dilemma of what you're going to do with it um yeah the game just really kind of tests you and it's kind of like here are all your options go out and just have a time and see what happens and i i just it really blew my mind for the first time to kind of experience it on that scale and even though it had a ton of crashes and glitches and all the rest like i think i kind of looked over that i think if i played it now it'd be very different but yeah, I couldn't really look past that when I kind of thought about it because of just how revolutionary, I guess, in my mind it was when I played it for the first time. Um, so yeah, I settled on Fallout 3. Nice. Very good choice. 
it's amazing that that game had such like amazing environmental storytelling. Like every every toilet. So if you walked into a toilet in that game, you would find a skeleton with something, you know, like a teddy bear or like uh, loads of rad X packs. And you're like, what happened here? Just Fallout 3 had amazing environmental storytelling. Really, really good. Yeah, it just like creates all these like little moments where you just organically stumble across something. And like you said, like everything had its place. Everything kind of made sense. And you could really see like the developers have put a lot of effort in, like you said, to make things seem like someone was in that place before it got bombed. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was just, and even like the different vaults you could go into, like the level of depth they put into like showing the vaults, having their own storylines with their own experiments of what happened in them. Um, and just getting to kind of go in and explore and just kind of figure it all out for yourself was just really, really interesting. Yeah. Good show. Absolutely. Completely agree. Cat, uh, your favorite open world. Mm, this was tricky for me as well, um, because ultimately I'm probably going to have to say Horizon, but I did have honourable mentions to a game that is so old, but did, I guess, in air quotes, open world very, very well. And that's Baldur's Gate 2. Um, every single thing that you see on that map is completely... Um, you're able to activate it. It's completely interactable. Every NPC is interactable. And I have played that game probably five, five, six, seven, eight times over. It's like a hundred hour plus game. And I've never played the same game twice. It's other than like, you know, the main storyline, but I've gotten to the main storyline so many different ways. I've, it is, yeah, really, really good. That's obviously done by Dungeons and Dragons. And yeah, so that's super old. But yeah, probably Horizon, honourable mention to Grand Theft Auto 5 because I think that that's just done really well. You drive anywhere and you're suddenly there and I love that. There's no kind of, there is an invisible wall such, but that there isn't really, you know. You have to go really far to, to hit it. Um, yeah, and I think as well with the open world, because there's so much desert in GTA 5 as well, like you can just drive. It doesn't just give you, you know, a metre of desert and say, oh, you get it, you know the point. Actually, you can just... You can just swim for ages or you can just drive like aimlessly around and do nothing for a really long time and find nothing for a really long time, but it's there to do. Um, but yeah, probably Horizon. The, the expansion of the Frozen Wilds was a really great add-on They they and they put it so smoothly into kind of the map. Um, when you kind of open up, it's just a new section of the same map. Um, and you can walk there, you can fast travel there, you know, and everything is, you know, beautiful and it's not janky in any areas it's not you know unplayable in any areas and like Sean was saying you know you can look over at a space in a map and think crikey how, how am I going to get over there like oh, you know or oh, I need to go up there let's just randomly go up there and you can either start climbing or you can get on a um you can mount your animal with your whistle and yeah so probably not perfect yeah can't disagree with that at all amazing um, I mean, my one is, I don't know if it's the best, obviously not considered the best open world now, but it is my favorite open world. And that is um, The Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time, on the N64, way back in the day. Um, not the first really open world game. I think that title goes to Mercenary from 1985, if I remember rightly. But, I mean, exploring Hyrule for the first time, the first time you go to Hyrule Fields, and it is enormous. 
and you can explore absolutely every corner of it. I mean, it blew my mind. I was, what did it come out, 97? So I was 11 years old. And it just, I've never seen anything like it. And nothing, I don't think anything in video games has rocked me quite like being able to just run over this massive expanse and jump on a pona and just tear it around the fields. Go to Long Long Ranch, do some jumping with a horse, do some milking, go to Zora's Domain and explore the, the underwater sections, go to Hyrule Castle and explore the market and walk all the way up to the castle. You know, there's just so many moments that blow my mind about that. And the way that Nintendo kind of unveiled it in Ocarina of Time is what makes Ocarina of Time such a classic video game. But the way that you have to kind of like gently walk up a hill in order for Hyrule Field to kind of reveal itself. And that's your that's your hub. You know, that's the world that you're going to be in for the next 30 or 40 hours. And it's so magical to me that I couldn't think of anything else uh, when this topic came up because that that moment for me signaled that you know not only is Ocarina of Time one of my favorite games of all time and it probably is for that reason it kind of said to me that man video games are awesome <laughs> and nothing has had that effect on me since really to that extent that it that like my jaw was dropped to the floor um probably because I was a kid and I was amazed by it and the fact that I could control link and with my those ridiculous N64 controllers and been able to explore this 3D world and not having any kind of frame of reference to do that before. It was just, it was, it was an untouchable moment and it was one that stays with me forever. So I'm going to go for Ocarina, definitely, because Hyrule Field is a, is a magical place. Cool, but have you got an actual open world game there to talk about? Because it's not... <laughs> we had this argument for, what was it, like three hours? Yeah, yeah, it was a long time. It was a long time. It's an open world game. I don't give a fuck what you say about it. Okay. <laughs> if, if you're listening to this and you think that Ocarina of Time isn't an open world game and is actually a gated middle of the road game where some parts are open, um, but some parts are definitely not, hit us up on Twitter and let us know. You're going to cut this out anyway, aren't you? <laughs> yeah i'm just gonna cut to like cut like different words just so it just makes you say i agree ross very well put okay thanks buddy man i poured my heart out then and you just i know you just, and just i agree stamped all over it i agree that the, you know ocarina of time is one of the best games ever made but also not quite open world uh cat, <laughs> cat mars want to have my back on this one what do you think I can only have your back on this one, Roscoe, because I said Baldur's Gate 2, which is still not quite an open world game. It has open world elements to it, but like you hit a wall and then you have to kind of map thing. Um, yeah, sorry, Pi, on your own on this one. <laughs> Love you. Yeah, I'm a bit, I'm torn on it because I, I kind of see how. Jesus fucking it, Christ, it I can't can believe be. this. <laughs> but because um, I wondered about Bloodborne as well, because it, it sort of is, but then it isn't at the same time, too. Um, so do you know what? I'll, I'll support you on it because I was going to say Bloodborne and I don't think that would have counted. So I'll, I'll support you on it, Ross. Thank you very much, Miles. You can stay. Cool. Deemed myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, let's get into our recommendations. This is where every single member of the Thinking Girls podcast team suggests a game trailer, a movie, a 
book, a comic book, a TV show, a song, anything that we've seen this week that we wanted to share with you. And uh, this week, I'm going to kick off with uh, Sean Davies. What is your recommendation this week? Okay, quick two recommendations. Um, so on the 1st of June, there is an event on Twitch, on the Warhammer Twitch account, and it's going to be called Warhammer Schools. It is an annual event that usually happens around about this time that's usually called uh, Warhammer Schools for the Skull Throne. Um, and it's like a little celebration of everything that is um, Warhammer in video game. And this year they've rebranded and they are kicking us off with a pretty big and special event where they're going to be announcing plenty of games, updating every like a lot of the games that they have out already. And there's going to be free games for those that watch the show and... Um, it's happening, I think it was 6pm on the 1st of June. Um, so if you're listening to this, make sure you go and subscribe to the Warhammer account on Twitch because um, I can't spoil it because I've signed quite a few NDAs, but um, yeah, it's worth a watch. And my second recommendation is a game that I went to a preview event the other night. It's called Connect Tank, which is all one word, Connect Tank. Um, it's a, basically, it's like Overcooked meets World of Warcraft. No, not World of Warcraft, World of, World of Tanks, sorry. It's definitely not nothing like World of Warcraft. Um, so basically you play as a guy who, who um, is part of this really comical world that's been written by one of the writers of The Cheap Show. And it's uh, you, you work for this kind of over overriding force. There's a couple of them that you can take jobs from. And the idea is to do a job. And you take over the control of a tank and have to get from one side of a map to the other side of the map by going through nodes. And each of these nodes has an event, which might be like a narrative-based event or a fight. And the fight is where it becomes interesting because you basically play as a ta- as a, as a crew within a tank and you have to work together to basically uh, connect um, each part of the tank using conveyor belts, which will burn out and get destroyed. And all the while you'll have these little creatures jumping in your tank and attacking you that you'll have to bash off. And um, <laughs> that's what she said. And um, it's it's just a really cool looking game. That um, I, I, it was. We had a, an hour long demo, and I sat down and tried to write words about it for a long time. And I just I just have got, not got the words to describe it. So I'm going to talk about it now. Go and have a look. It's coming out on PC. I think at the at the end of August, beginning of September. And it's on Steam now. You can go and wishlist it. And it just looks really cool, like the the next evolution of what Overcooked wanted to be. It's this. You know, you've got this tank combat where you can you've got like a rock paper shotgun based on the 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 ammo that you're firing off in different lanes as well. And it just looks really cool and colourful and enjoyable. And I had a really good time with the preview event. It's just that I I don't think I got enough information to sit down and write at least 300 words about it. It was just one of those things where I sat down and watched somebody play a game and and left it going, I want to play that game. So (laughs) um, that that was, you know, the preview that I can give. I wish I could have written something about it, but I don't think I can. All right, fair enough. That's what the podcast is for. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Uh, Mars, do you have a recommendation for us this week? Yeah, so I'm playing near Replicant at the moment and it's just really good, just really kind of enjoyable. And although it's kind of like a, a very clear early prototype of what Automata kind of became, like the soundtrack is just really, really good. And um, I find myself just like humming the kind of tunes to myself before I'm even realising. And even like the annoying ones I can't help but kind of sing along to as I'm hearing it. Um, the combat's quite decent as well. 
um, and the story is interesting. It's kind of a, a different kind of story to what Automata did, um, but it's a much more kind of personal kind of involved story, um, which I wasn't too sure about going into, but um, I'm finding myself really kind of enjoying it and kind of getting stuck in. Um, so yeah, I definitely recommend that one. And then I had another one, which was more of a nostalgic kind of recommendation or kind of past one, which was Transistor. Um, I've gone back and kind of been playing that. I started it way back in 2015. I got to the first boss and then for some reason just didn't carry on playing it. Um, and recently I've been going through kind of my, my backlog of games that I started and never really gave a fair chance. And so I decided to fire it up and play it. And it's genuinely really, really good. Um, I know it's kind of reviewed well and it's talked about a lot anyway. But like the art style of it is great. Um, the combat system is really kind of unique, actually. I don't think I've really played a combat system that's similar or, you know, kind of captures the way it does it with all the different combinations and kind of tinkering you can do. Um, on quite a, once I kind of find like a good combination, I normally just stick with what works. Um, but with Transistor, it actually really does encourage you to, you know, try out different things and use different methods. And I actually really like that. Um, so yeah, I've kind of fired through. I'm just about to finish my second playthrough of it. Um, so yeah, I definitely recommend that if you happen to miss it like I did, just go back and give it a go. It's well worth a, another shout. And the soundtrack to that one is really, really good as well. Yeah, seconded. Transistor is awesome. Uh, KB? Um, so my recommendation for this week, and I'll probably talk about this game a lot because I am an avid player of it, is uh, the new Resident Evil Dead by Daylight combo that has now come into Dead by Daylight. It's not come on yet. So that that launches on the 15th of June, but the PTB is out. And so if you love Resident Evil and like kind of, I know I said earlier, like I don't like playing horror games, I only like watching them. This is this is a horror game, but it's 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 a PVP, so it's not really kind of too horror-y for me. Um, but yeah, so Resident Evil, they've just got the license for Resident Evil. Um, their killer that you can play as is uh, Nemesis. And... Um, yeah, they've got two survivors in there as well. Although that completely now has gone out of my head. It's Jill and Miles. Help me out. Who else is there? It's Leon. 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 And Leon. Uh, Leon. And uh, Leon. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, coming out on the fifteenth of June. But actually, the gameplay looks incredible. And actually, they, they're going to add a lot more stuff in the future. Day by day. Like I wrote a kind of shadow review that I've not. Um, and yeah kind of everything that I was kind of bashing about the game uh because I am such an avid player that they're starting to improve in the next couple of months so if you've never played it give it a go because I definitely would recommend it it's good good fun and if you if you like Resident Evil then definitely play it because it's really cool to play as characters from other games and you know play as them that's really really badass so that's my recommendation what's yours um well before going on I just wanted to say that um one thing you need to know about Kat is that she will kick the shit out of you on Dead by Daylight. 100%. I, I don't know anyone that plays Dead by Daylight as much as Kat does. So she will tear your face off. Yes. Yeah, so if you want to compete with me, I dare you. <laughs> Hit me up on Twitter. I will add you. We can co-op or I can kick your ass. So. I've never played it. You need to teach me. Oh, teach me the ways. I'll, get, I'll, I'll bite you with the bug, honestly. Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> as close as I've got to that is Friday the 13th, I think. And yes. uh, it, uh, it that was a lot of fun, but I didn't I didn't transistor. 
yeah. over to so uh, Friday the 13th I couldn't get on board with it I did play it I didn't like it to me it's like poor man's dead by daylight but obviously it was really sad because of course the license they're in this massive licensing conflict right now with the Jason Drury's copyright ownership rights and so you know that that got shut down but that actually might be being taken over by behavior who are um dead by daylight devs so yeah I just couldn't get in on board with the fact that Jason would just randomly appear like he can just pop in and I'm like well yeah. no I'm in the bathroom you haven't come through the door why are my face and that just was it took out the realism because that's, that's not what happens in the films he doesn't just teleport so <laughs> but yeah if you like if you like Friday the 13th or you like the idea of Friday the 13th of having one side you know being the killer the other side being you know, survivors and you'll, you'll get, mm. get on board you'll love it so, you're, it's fun when you're Jason though when oh, you're Jason yeah. and you yeah, can like yeah. You can hunt people. It's yeah, oh, and imagine then cool. being nemesis and hunting four players that you don't well, know. That is your well, recommendation, you ladies and gentlemen. So, oh, God. yeah, I always wanted to be nemesis. Why the fuck would you want to be Chris Redfield? Jesus Christ! Why be Chris Redfield when you can be nemesis? You know what I mean? Exactly. And Friday the Thirteenth, Michael Myers is on there. Yep. Um, yeah, not Friday the Thirteenth. Sorry, Freddy Krueger. <laughs> Too many Fs. <laughs> <laughs> Too many Fs. Um, my recommendation um, isn't a isn't really game related, but I saw the trailer this week for Last Night in Soho, which is Edgar Wright's new film. He's done like a a psychological horror film, and it stars Anya Taylor Joy and Thomas and McKenzie, who you might know from Jojo Rabbit, and she's fantastic in that. And so I'm excited for this. Uh, Matt Smith, Edgar Wright, London thriller horror. I mean, it's ticking all of my boxes. Check out the trailer. And uh, it looks really, really dope. It's out in October, I think. So, yeah, that's a trailer worth checking out for sure. And, uh, yeah, that's about uh, that's about it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all very much indeed uh, for listening to this week's Fingernails podcast. Don't forget, you can follow us absolutely everywhere. If you go to Linktree in the description below, you can find us all over the place. And if you want to follow us individually on Twitter, you can do just find our handles in the description below. Except for Miles, of course, who's clever and not on Twitter because, you know, he's a grown-up. And he makes sensible decisions. But, Oops. you know. <laughs> yeah, Twitter's fine if you get used to it. Um, thank you very much indeed for listening. If you do really love what we do, why not go to our Patreon? For $1 a month, you can support this podcast. Keep it live on its various hotca- podcast posting, podcast hosting services, and keep the website nice and shiny. So, yeah, that's it. Thank you very much indeed. Until next time, I've been Roscoe. It is goodbye from Sean Davies. Bye. It's goodbye from KB. Bye. It is goodbye from Mars Thompson. Farewell. We'll see you next time, ladies and gentlemen, on the Finger Guns Podcast.